Oh Lord, open my heart. Prepare me, Lord, to receive your word. Yes, Jesus, Lord, to me. Hallelujah. We're going to let the children be dismissed. You can be seated. I believe God's got some things He wants to do this morning. So Sister Freedom, just come. Take your liberty in the Holy Spirit. Praise God.
That's what happens when you get in the presence of the Lord. You're transformed. People don't want to leave. And uh, so I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the Super Bowl, too. <laughs> this is the only year I've ever been excited about football, and I don't know anything about football, except for when you, you get a goal, and it's like, yeah, hallelujah. Six points. And uh, is it how many points? Six. Six? Okay. That's a touchdown. And then the, and then the extra point. All right. And then your extra point. I lost your gear, but... Um, God works through everything, even he's working in this Super Bowl, I believe. And uh, that's good. It's good. And so I'm really glad that you're here, and I I asked the Lord if he would just give me whatever he wanted for today. And so I did receive some scriptures from him, and there are encouraging words, and they come out of... Um, the New Testament, most of them, and it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is the first scripture. Read it. The mic's not working. You need to get another one. This mic's not working. I thought I was sounding really loud. Testing 1, 2, 3. I heard myself. <laughs> Now Paul writes to his dearly beloved friends, and he's encouraging them. The place he writes from is from prison. And it, imagine being in prison. Well, it, bad enough nowadays, but back then, um, it's, it was not a very good place. And the words that he spoke of encouragement is just amazing to me. So it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in, it, in everything by prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving let your, your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. I really grabbed a hold of this scripture um, the last, probably the last year or two, and the reason was because uh, I had some anxiousness in my heart, and I realized that God doesn't want me to carry that, and he doesn't want you to carry it either. It's a heavy load to carry, and uh, this, this scripture was very uh, encouraging to me, and it says, anxious is experiencing worry or uneasiness or nervousness about something imminent or something that's uncertain, uncertain outcome. And actually that anxiousness was stealing from me. And God doesn't want us to have it and he doesn't want me to have it and he doesn't want you to carry it. And so I want to just encourage you as Paul did. Now Paul was in prison and he had a lot of things there, but he was, he was at peace. And just to be at peace nowadays, that's pretty amazing that he was there in that place. And it says, uh, uh, 
another one definition there was wanting something very much with a feeling of uneasiness and uh, and some things could be caused some uh, problems could be caused or those difficult things could be caused as anxiousness of past experiences or things maybe in our childhood or things that didn't work out like we wanted to in our adolescence and Something that happened to us in the past that caused us to have anxiety because it didn't work out or going through stress or trauma. It might be the cause of it. So you think, okay, there's there's a little trigger there, it causes some anxiousness and worry. The Lord blessed me this year because on my taxes, I just accepted it. <laughs> and I was like, this is this is okay. You know, and I didn't, I didn't have the worry. I just, I just said, God, you do what you want to do here. And this is, this is just the way it is. And you bless me. And I didn't have that worry. And a lot of times I would have some fear if I hear someone isn't doing well or sick. And, but, you know, all the worry in the world is not going to help me to get anywhere but I have to call out to the Lord and just have faith and um, just give it all to him and he says but in everything by prayer and supplication so it's alright to pray about everything Amen. sometimes I'll think do I go a little bit overboard no <coughs> it's called I guess being all in, all I pray about everything that it says, the Lord says, if it concerns you, it concerns him. And so I pray about everything, and it says to pray about everything. And that supplication means just to, to humbly and earnestly, is to plead humbly, plead humbly. And it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. To just say, you know, one of those radical prayers. <laughs> I'll share one with you because um, it's worth sharing. So I was I was married and I was wanting a child, and for four years I I couldn't have a child and I didn't know why or anything, but I never did uh, get pregnant, and I was kind of got where I was kind of burdened about it. And one week, not one week, but one day, this, it could uh, happen in one day. But one day I fasted and prayed all day, and I touched the Lord, and it wasn't a pretty prayer. It was a down to earth like, God, <laughs> hear my prayer. You know, it was kind of like Hannah, you know, she was, she was praying so earnestly and, 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 uh, the priest there said, woman, don't come to church being drunk. You know, and she said, you don't even know my heart. I'm praying with my heart. And God gave her that request that day. And then the next month, the Lord gave me that request. Amen. The next month. Coincidence? No. He hears our prayers. And he's faithful. But he 
he said, with thanksgiving, let your impress be known with God. Recently, I realized I was kind of lacking on that thanksgiving. Because I would, I would pray, God would answer the prayer, and then I would go on to the next earnest prayer. But I should always be thankful. So I realized when I'm praying, to be thankful along with that. And you know I have my friends to encourage me with that because we share in prayer. And um, we'll, we'll share a prayer request. And so whenever someone's prayer request is answered, it thrills my heart, you know, because I've been part of that and I've joined in that with that. And so it makes me want to be thankful. And I've had some uh, really strong prayer requests lately. And God has answered them. And so I'm just continuing with that thankfulness. And I want to I wanna do that more. And it says, give thanks to God for all his blessings. Should be one of the characteristics of every believer in Jesus Christ. And um, let's see, I'm going to another scripture. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, uh, Paul again, and he's talking to the Corinthian church, and he's gotten a report back from Timothy on that Corinthian, uh, that church, and there were some areas in there that he was addressing. One area was they were sad over loss of people. Some people had died, and that would brought some really hard um, just difficult, you know how it is. And um, so he was encouraging them, and he was encouraging in prayer and prayer again. And it, he said in verse 16, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will in Christ Jesus. That's pretty powerful. It says rejoice always. Even maybe when you don't feel like it. Prayer, uh, rejoicing and praise is a spiritual weapon. Um, I've done this in church with others. That's kind of why I love to sing with others. It's, uh, very, it's a spiritual warfare. And you praise God. You praise God. You join together in one accord and praise God. Something's going to happen in the atmosphere. Guess what? Those demons are not going to want to stay around. That depression is not going to stay around. Mom sometimes would sit down at midnight and play the piano and praise God one song after the other. I would join with her and that was beautiful. What we were doing is not only worshiping the Lord, but we were creating an atmosphere of praise to God. I think I love those old hymns because they never, ever get old. <laughs> they come from the experiences and from the hearts of people. Sometimes you might say they are through the dark place of night. Many of those songs have been wrote out of that, just like us, just like the song of our life. We all have a song that we're going to sing. Sometimes we go without singing. 
for a while. But God is our restorer. He gives us back our song. He's given me back my song. You know, because sometimes I notice myself worshiping the Lord and, and praising God. And it does create an atmosphere. And when you're in your home, if you have of the music playing and everything. You feel, you create that atmosphere and you join in your heart. Your heart is overflowing with thanksgiving. And so, it says, rejoice always continually in thanks in all circumstances. And we don't like all of our circumstances and they're not all good. But the Lord tells us to give thanks for everything. I think sometimes I'll get in a a situation what good is out of this what's God doing and you know if you really look you can find something even if you're in a traffic jam you can just start praising with God because why not you know you can start praying for that one over there or this one there's always a good reason it says in every situation be thankful continually Give thanks to God. This is God's will. That's God's will. That, you, you wonder what God's will is. It's that we have a thankful heart. And, and I do have a thankful heart. I, I want that heart to overflow with the goodness of the Lord. And I want to be in His presence. This is another scripture here I want to share with you. And this one is all, all again, is from Paul and he's in prison in Philippians 4 and 7. It says, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Our hearts need to be guarded. There's a lot of things that come against us and things that want to hurt your heart even stab your heart, wound your heart. And I'll tell you what, you can get it wounded really easy. But you know what we need to do whenever that our heart gets hurt and stabbed? We just take that out and just pull it out. I'm not going to have it. I'm not having no place for anything in my heart. I'm going to guard my heart. An ungrateful heart makes people dissatisfied and bitter. But the grateful heart restores the joy of our salvation. I think now, during these last few years, is, is the joy is so beautiful to me. Of my salvation, when you really think of it, how could it not bring joy for what God has done for us? How can we really not have joy? And even said, Jesus said, I endured the cross because the joy set before me. The cross, he even said, he said, is there another way to God? But he did go and give his life for us on the cross because he knew it would set us free. Not only one from one thing, but from everything, the cross of Jesus Christ set us free and it brings him joy for us to have life. 
thankfulness is a natural overflowing of the heart. It's natural. And when we do it in our, in our heart, and when we are thankful, um, I, would, I would do this, and I like doing this, and I've done it over the years, is I'll go back over my prayer journal, and I didn't write every day, but there is be prayers, and I prayed. And then I can look back, and I can remember, God did this, God did this, He did this. And on New Year's, I would give Him praise for what the Lord is doing. And then I would look forward, forward to going into the new year and, and expecting, expecting from the Lord. It says that, this is John 14 and 27, and the peace of God will guard your heart. And I thought, what? We need to guard our heart, but, and it said the peace of God will guard your heart. And uh, this is John, and he's writing, and he's helping these, these loved ones, the, the, his children, to uh, see how they, that God wants to help us in our peace. And peace, I, he said, Jesus said this in John uh, 14, 27. He says, my peace I live, leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth, but let not hearts be troubled. He said, don't let your hearts be troubled, and don't let it be afraid. And the world's peace is this. It's like you're going to get from one trouble to the next. And in between, there's a break. And you'll have some peace of mind at one time. And then you're going to go to the next trouble, and then you're going to be all worried about it. And but the peace of God is a peace that he gives us. And he says it's the world can't understand it. Because the reason why, it's because it's God's peace. It's supernatural. And it's going to carry us from every trial and every tribulation and every hurt. It's going to carry us on and it's going to live in us. And he says, let it rule your heart. Let it rule your heart. And it's offered as a special gift from the Lord. It's a gift of God. He gives it. Satan is there trying to take it away every day. He's trying to say, I want that peace. He doesn't want us to live in peace. I want it. He's gonna, he'll steal what he can. You know, he'll, he'll cause some kind of thing. And But the, it's, it's a place of resting because we can just know that we have the peace of God to rule our heart. And, it, and, and sometimes I'll just have, have to sit myself down and calm myself down and just say, Peace of God, rule my heart. I'm going, I'm looking back, I'm looking back, I'm looking into Jesus' eyes and I'm going, I'm taking my eyes off the situation. And uh, how many of you watched The Chosen? Any of you? I, I, I'm starting to love that. And this, this last one I see when Jesus is, you know, walking on, on the water. And Peter's out there, and he's like, I want you, I want you. And he steps out. And then he's like, whoa, this storm is big, and this is crazy. And I'm like, we all like that, aren't we? And we start to sink it down. Yeah. They were like, okay, I'm going to get my eyes back on Jesus. Yeah. So, um, and in Proverbs 4 and 23, it's Song of Solomon is telling us, 
above all else guard your heart, for that is, is the wellspring of life. So whatever comes out of your heart, that's the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard it. Guard your heart. You are to carefully weigh your heart and at all times ensure it remains pure. I've been doing that lately. And I feel like I need to do that all the time. I need to weigh my heart. Um, and David said, search me, Lord, and see if there's any wicked way in me. I want to search my, my, myself uh, and see, you know, sometimes your eyes, when you can see everything with everybody else, pretty easy. But when it looks to you, you're like, oh no, it's not good here. Why, why should we guard? Why should we guard our heart? Why should we be so careful about it? Well, it's pretty important. It says it's extremely valuable. It's valuable. It's who we are. It's our dreams. It's our desires. It's our passions. And you know, I don't want any of that stolen from me because that's our vision and that's what moves us forward. I don't want any of my dreams stolen. God puts it in us. I'm an artist here. And the actual word anointing, when God anoints you and God's working on you and God's dealing with you every, every day and he's perfecting the work, and actually that word means painting. He's painting you. You know, and when I, I make a painting, I'll work on it and work on it. And there's one point, and I'll say, it's done. It's what I want it to be. It's finished, and I don't want to do anything more. It's, it's what I think it's perfect. I've worked on it, and I've, I've did the shadowing, the highlighting, and everything. That's what God is doing in our life every day. Sometimes you have to paint the whole thing over Tammy's an artist, she knows. You know, just, and I've heard this said in, at, at funerals that it's like the last touches and then it's, that's it. And there's always that last touch and then perfect. And that's life that is, our life is being painted like that. Your heart is the source of everything you do, a wellspring of life. If your heart is unhealthy, it's going to matter to other people, and it's going to affect other people. And if it's healthy, then it is going to affect other people, too. But it's under a constant attack, just like our physical heart. There's things that wound it, and, and things that can hurt it. And we have to take care of that heart, you know. But it's, it's like... In our spiritual heart, you know, disappointment, discouragement, temptations, things, try to get a hold of that too and stop the real flow, that wellspring, stop the, the flow of it. And so, if, if, we, if our heart isn't right, it's just we lose it all. I was in California and we went to this really neat place called In and Out, In and Out Burgers, you know. And I was with some people, and um, 
The lady was telling me that I was with, she said, it's really awesome because it's not only good food, but also on the bottom of the cup here, it says John 3.16, you know, on all the all the cups. And, uh, but it's on the bottom of the cup. And so when the waiter come over and she was talking to him, I was still in line of getting mine. And um, she said, she had, a, when I came back, she said, I had a conversation in that few minutes and um, she said that I, I was telling the, the waiter that how good it was at John 3.16 and what a, what a message it was saying, you know, and that they had a really good product and it was really good. And he said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not a Christian. And she said, she said, well, if you don't have Jesus, you miss, you miss it all. You miss, you miss everything. And that's what it is. That's what it's all about. Not the in and out burger, but Jesus. You know? Colossians <laughs> 1, 23 is Paul to the saints of Colossae. And it, 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 the scripture says, if you continue in faith, grounded and settled and not moved away from hope of the gospel, which you have heard and preached to every creature under heaven, where of I, Paul, am a servant. It said, if you continue in faith and, you know, the Lord says, live by faith. And I thought, I've thought about this so, so much. Is what is faith? Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews, 1, uh, Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of hope, hope for, the essence of evidence of things not seen. Faith is giving substance to the things that are hopeful. And I've, I found this one. Faith is holding to God's word, giving substance to the, the word's promises. Standing on the promises. So the way I look at faith is, is faith is going moving out of your comfort zone where you, you look good, you're all in order, and faith is grabbing that scripture out of the Bible, the word standing on it. It's like saying that God is real and God delivers. No matter what, God delivers and God sets free. He just does. He did. Uh, when Jesus came, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. He delivered people from demons. And you know what? He wants us to do that too. He wants us to have that life. And so what's faith is saying, I believe it. I trust it. I step into it. I'm standing on it. And I'm, I'm getting that, that promise. See, and I shared a, a promise. We, we begin to stand on the word of God and we begin to share it. I've shared it with different ones. I've, I've Becca and Tammy, different ones. Almost everyone that's here 
I, we've grabbed a hold of a promise, and we said we're going to agree on this, and we're going to stand on it. Some of those have not come to fruition yet, and that's all right. I'm standing on it. Some of them have come. Some of them have come to it. God has answered. He's in the process of it. He's still doing the work. He's still painting. He's still doing this beautiful work. And I love it that he's doing it in all of us. I'm so glad to see the children here today. We had a few weeks here we didn't have children. And I prayed for the children that we would have children. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the children. God is doing the work in the children. And it's my desire as a mother and a grandmother to, to see God work in miraculous ways in the children. That they will know God and carry Him in a powerful way. And I'm believing that and I'm stepping out on that. I'm stepping out for this year. How many? How many can I get to to agree with me on that? That our children, we're, we're praying the blood over the children. Amen. Because Satan's trying to take them out. He's trying to destroy their future. And you know what I know? Satan is a liar. I know Satan's defeated. And I, I know, he said, for the children to come unto me. He said, gather these children up. They're very precious. And that, and that is, uh, that faith is that confidence that we have. It's just that we're going to receive good things that we hope for and expect. Expect good, good things. In uh, James 1 and 2, it says, Count it all joy when you fall, fall into various trials. Count it all joy. Now, does that make sense? No. No. That's where faith comes in. Knowing that the trying of your faith work in patience, it's working. It's, doing, it's producing something. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Wanting nothing, complete, complete, and lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and it shall be given. But let him ask in faith, waver, uh, nothing wavering. For if he waver, it's like a wave in the sea, driving the wind, tossed here and there. For let not man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all, in all his ways. So basically the Lord is saying what you want and you're praying and your need, he wants to answer that prayer for you. But he needs you to stand in faith and believe it. Decide on a thing. Decide it here. That's in Amos. It says decide on the thing and stand, and stand it. Stay there with it and believe for it.
got a hold of this uh, the last few months, and it says, Brother, I could not have apprehended, I could not have apprehended, but this one thing I know, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's, he's saying it, okay, he's, he's persecuted the Christians, uh, he's been in jail, he had this transformation of the Lord, this encounter of the Lord, and at some point in our life, we're going to have an encounter with the Lord, and then we're going to think, what are we going to do about that encounter? And I've had that encounter a few times in my life, and God, God would tell me, what are you, what are you going to do? You know, and but he had this encounter with God, and the uh, the, the scales on his eyes—he was blinded for three days. The scales on his eyes, when they came off in three days, it was—it was he was pressing. He was I'm 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 for the Lord. I'm going to serve. He's all in. And he said, I haven't apprehended it yet with with me. I have not yet, but I am striving. And I know you all are right in there. We all are in it together for those things. We're reaching, we're forgetting the things that are behind. And we're reaching forth and pulling out what we, for the future, what we have. We're pressing towards that mark in Christ Jesus. So... I, I really realize this is pretty important because the things of the past, there are some things that can hold us back. And that will, I've learned uh, some of it about uh, people that have had trauma. And I personally dealt with this myself. And I, I think that God is, he's like, we've got to reach for the mark, for the prize. He has a prize for us. You know, my prizes is that personal relationship with Christ. Is that carrying the presence of God day and night? Is that being in the Spirit of God and living, living there? We talked about this this morning. Being in the presence of the Lord, being in the Spirit of God, and it says, "Lay aside all weights and sins that does easily beset us." And let us make room. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. It takes some patience to run. So take some patience with yourself. It takes some grace with yourself. Take some patience with other people to run that race. But we are all running that race this morning and to finish it. There can be some some heavy weights on our ankles. So you know, when I think about, when I think about running, and I've actually ran a couple times in church, it's not my, running is not my thing. <laughs> and you know, it had to be the Spirit of God hit me to get me to run. But, <laughs> whoa, there's, there's some weights that come off, let me tell you. When those weights come off, God will help you to run. God will help you 
you'll do things that you just like, it's okay. Because that's just the power of God. And um, Matthew 5 and 6, it says, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. They shall be filled. And that desire is so intense that if you do not fulfill it, you will die. I feel like that at times. I hunger and thirst. I do. I hunger. Guess how revival comes? That hungering, that thirsting. That to be in the presence of God, I will not. When you've been in the glory, and I've talked to Thea about this this morning, I said, when you've been in the glory, there, there's nothing that you want more than the glory of God. And that glory is just the atmosphere of the Lord. I want it, and I want to live in it. It takes hungering and thirsting after God as if you're going to die if you don't have if you don't have the Lord. And that's where my soul is. I hunger and thirst after righteousness. And you know after God, after His Spirit, and He says, you shall be filled. You shall be filled. In uh, John 16 and 30, 33, it says, talks about Jesus. And see, he says, I have overcome the world. I've already overcome. I've overcome the world. I've the world is dark. There's darkness there. But Jesus said, I am the light. And in me is no darkness. And if he lives in us, if we've accepted Jesus in our hearts, then he lives inside of us. And he says, I'm going to dwell inside you. And you are going to be carrier. When you go out, and there's people that are living in darkness, if they don't know the Lord, then you carry that light. You are the, the, the light carrier, the light of Jesus. And so, today, that's, that's what the Lord has given me, is just some encouraging Encouraging words um, to live by through through difficult times. Um, he's given us promises, and for for myself and for the church, it's bind together, it's come together in the love of God, and expect. Expect. I'm. I'm expecting. I've. I've seen. I've seen some miracles. I've tasted. When you taste, you know. When you taste what is good, Jesus said, "Taste and see." Even He said this. He said, "I've got a table spread before you, and you can come to my table, even in the presence of your enemies." But we have those. Satan's. He's not our friend. He's not our friend, but Jesus is. And he said, this table is set. He's got so many gifts for us. There, at that table. I want every gift. I'm not going to be shy. I want it. I want what God has given us and what he has, and he has it for us every day. You know, when you have your little children, you want to surprise them with that special. And he knows when to, when to give it. And he said that table was set before us. 
And so we can feed upon him daily, and we're rich in the Lord. And so I just praise the Lord for that. And Lord bless you. And I believe God has something very special for every one of you. And he loves us all. And we just don't know how much. But I'm all right to let him show, let him show me every day with a thankful heart. So, Lord bless you. Amen.
He kind of, hey y'all, you know, we're, this, this was, we're just doing a sound check. But church hadn't started yet. Y'all just go ahead and visit. I'm still talking about everything Freda just went through. All that about wanting God's presence, God's peace. Wanting God to stir in our hearts. And so Lindell started in again. And they just started worshiping. And I remember he looked off somewhere behind him. I'm sure it is Pastor. And Pastor Kilpatrick must have just said, go for it. Because he just shrugged his shoulders and we just started church. A whole bunch early. And I mean, we had church. They were expecting. They were looking for something. They were hoping, that's Bible hope, for something. And God just touched them. I don't know about you, but I want that. Do you know the revival they're talking about in that campus, the revival of Pensacola, wherever it is, I've heard James River, there's a move of God. God can do that in some place like Purdy. And there's a lot of hurting, hurting people in this Purdy town. Amen. I don't know about you, I want that. Let's stand. And let's close the service. Just inviting that presence and that peace into our heart. And let's just let God do a work. If you want to come into this altar.